Chapter 4, Sacred. What is sacred? In the early 60s, when many were dropping acid, I was still living in a convent school, going to Mass every day. And there was something about the community of 75 that we were, living on a peninsula, that felt right. The singing, the sports, the sisterhood, the rituals, the devotion, and actually early activism with some of those nuns. I remember one who I can now look back and say, despite the habit, the doctrine, the positions we were in, she was in today's terms truly a mentor. A certain camaraderie grew amongst a few of us in our resistance to the doctrine, the priest, the program laid out for Sacred Heart education. While some walked the line, others of us resisted by breaking every rule we could. Three-day retreats of silence were invitations for us to talk late into the night. School dances were invitations to kiss And the cloisters, the sacred places off-limits, were places to investigate. Looking back now, it was truly a love-hate relationship. A teenager in defiance as well as a pretty conscious objection to the patriarchal religion that we were being fed. And simultaneously, I loved the choir, the earliest seeds of community life and meaningful ritual. I remember the year they allowed us to read the scripture up front in the Mass, and what a breakthrough that seemed. More so, I remember the time six Jesuit missionaries came to host our four-day retreat. It was the first time we were given a chance to say yes or no about participating. Well, I was clearly a no only to discover that such a decision meant I had to tell my parents and ask them to come home during the time. I went and explained to the headmistress that this just wasn't possible, that it would break my mom's heart as head of alumni, as well as threaten the thin threads of the communication that we had. That, then, was a choice she said I had to make. Well, I entered the retreat with quite an attitude, very noticeable to the leaders as well as to the other converts. The journey, well, it could be named a turnaround. My description of how many of us experience such in a lifetime, being a smoker and then waking up and never smoking again. Rick O'Berry, capturing and training dolphins for the TV show Flipper, and then spending the second half of his life releasing as many as he could back to the wild. So here I was, resisting the retreat as much as I had so much of the Sacred Heart journey, only to discover with these Jesuits another heart connection that I had been longing for. We sat in a circle every day on the floor for a start. This alone was a confirmation in my bones of a simple, sacred way to be. 
Rather than the organ, these guys had guitars and songs that were, well, let's say, more contemporary than the Latin verses that we had been slogging through at best each morning. And then to top it off, they actually opened conversations with us, dialogues, welcoming our questions, our concerns, even my challenge of the church mission structure. By the last morning, I was so moved, inspired, and touched. I remember requesting a special session for confession, which, of course, I was readily granted. My conversion lasted long enough to get me through my senior year without expulsion. Six of us did, however, get suspended during our last quarter for sneaking out till 3 a.m. on a drinking spree while at a basketball tournament in D.C. Well, maybe not a radical acting out for today's world, yet for our time and place and situation, it was the wildest expression of freedom seemingly available. Such practice of small rebellions strengthened my muscle of independence my courage to say no to attending a Sacred Heart College, my willingness to say yes to Christ as a healer, a lover, and a teacher, while saying no to the church as an institution, dictating my ways of worship, my path to the divine. My years at the convent would serve me in ways I have come to deeply appreciate. Finding what I did, perhaps while there, is why finding a guru was not such a calling in the years to follow. I had learned through the many differences in my own family, through growing up with much light and much darkness, that there were many sides to every story. I could not simply throw all of Christianity under the bus I needed to and had found both the gift and the wound. In Ireland now, at age 70, I learn of the wilder ways Catholicism lived here. Rome so far away was not given the same authority as much of Europe. How churches were built at so many of the ancient pagan sacred sites seems no mistake. I am drawn called more than guided by the land herself, as I can see was the case for so many who came before. The historical awareness continuing to be revealed through story and myth as much as through archaeological digs is humbling. To read that there were matriarchal cultures of peace long before the wars began is food for my soul. Yet I cannot own just a part of this history. My identity with the woman, the oppressed, the colonized, while knowing I must also own the perpetrator. When push comes to shove, that too is in my bones. I and my partner, a now old white guy, endangered species in the revolution of our times, one who represented my greatest challenge to be with for so much of my life, 
my enemy, it seemed in so many ways. Well, we just renewed our wedding vows. We do or not each year in the Basque tradition. It was such a confirmation when I learned on this trip that it was a way of the Irish in pre-Christian times. I married at age 54 for the first time. His nickname, WWF, worth waiting for. I also call him Boone, like the gift he is. His motto is, follow the woman. Not like a puppy dog or a new age wimp. Rather, it's his, it's a kind of knowing he has as a man in this world at this time. It is what his heart needs, perhaps his soul, perhaps the world. I turn out to be the fortunate one, most days at least, to feel his unconditional love, something I was not certain I would experience with another human in this lifetime. I say most days, for we both know it's a challenge for any ego, much less a Western white male one, to not be the director, the leader, the one in charge. It's no mistake he was a director in Hollywood for the earliest adult years before a broken heart and family led him to surrender to something more than his own certainty. He arrived in India to encounter the mother and the legacy of her life, energy, and love, along with Sri Aurobindo. So on another level, following the woman means listening to the mother. His marriage with the earth comes first, and this is what led me in part to say yes to marrying him five years after his first invitation. What I know is that his love has been a source of deep comfort as it fills a need to be seen, to be heard, to be respected, to be trusted, to be as sacred as all of life is meant to be. When he or I fall away from that experience, it's a very deep fall for me, something I liken to that of Anana, I imagine, or Dante's Inferno. When there is a misread, a misunderstanding, a misperception, the feeling I have is that of a stranded whale. How do I know that? It takes everything I have to just keep breathing. I continue to learn about the roots of violence, even though I had not felt rage in many years until we married, until I surrendered fully, until I committed to love forever. Only then, within the depth, the full depth of connection, did I open to remaining fear, anger, the rage that comes when disconnection arises. We have become well-known for our counsels focused on such, on what stresses us and where we go when under stress. Who do we become 
and what helps, if anything. In short, it's called the asshole council. Once through that truth, we are blessed to remember why we said yes. Being in wind's arms is as close as I can come on land to being in the water, to looking into the eyes of a dolphin. For me, I feel as a woman I have been in a low state of anxiety since birth on this planet. I can't say exactly what age I was when I first felt physically unsafe. Maybe it came from a moment in a swimming pool when one of my dad's friends, quote, accidentally pulled my bathing suit top off. Maybe it was when having a crush at age 13, my cousin's much older fiance and I ended up in ways of kissing that somehow I knew were not okay. Or was it being chased on a remote beach by a guy with his penis bare to the wind? Much of that kind of fear culminated in a date rape with someone I truly felt was the one. Until on our first travel together, I discovered he was a closet raging, literally raging alcoholic. All of these incidents, though impactful, I still do not hold them actually as the catalytic story behind my simmering soul. This anxiety has always felt much older, much deeper, far less explainable by the pretty standard patterns, sad though they may be, of growing up as a woman in America. Sad, yet also hardly comparable to the way of woman in the majority of cultures on this earth. As I discovered some about the life of a black woman through her love at an early age, I continued to investigate further, and it didn't take long to find out what it was like in Africa, in the Middle East, in South America. I went so far as to establish a comparative study of the emergence of feminist values in capitalist, socialist, and communist countries. China was my focus. Even though in the early 70s so little was known, I was really curious if all that child care and equal employment was rooted there in respect or in a goal of economic political progress. Underneath my years active in the feminist movement, my time focused on directing resources to those women worldwide. I channeled my disease and concern into years walking and working with women in wild places, in corporations, in schools, and in institutions where we were rarely seen, much less welcomed. Underneath, I felt the grief at what was lost, what was not naturally there between us as humans amongst all of our relations. The gulf did not dissipate, even though the anger did at times. I found new ways to express that anger and my fear. Aikido training helped, 
as did the ceremonies close to the earth. Yet somehow the anxiety always remained. <laughs>